Hey guys, welcome back. This is uh, <laughs> Eric Morrow and Stax, and uh, welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real, your IGN Movies podcast. First one of 2011. That's true. We are ringing in the new year. <laughs> we are. We're actually, uh, it's just us, because uh, the office is bare. Uh, what's going on right now, you've got CES going on in, in Las Vegas, Consumer Electronics Show. You've also got the TCAs, which is the Television Critics Association. It's the first week of that. It's this big, like, two-week TV event. So uh, a number of our editors are kind of scra- scattered across the West Coast right We're, now. It's sort of like uh, the, the way in, in, in Star Wars, how people would just be scattered across the cosmos. Right. Well, I'll try and meet up at uh, Bespin or something later. If exactly. We can. Or the Moss Eisley Cantina. Perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Jim and I definitely wanted to come at you because, you know, new year, new stuff to discuss. We didn't want to wait. Uh, we've already missed a couple weeks because of the holiday break, so we yeah. didn't want to wait any longer. Damn so. vacation. Exactly. So let's, um, you know, we've got a lot to discuss, obviously. We've got uh, some news and we've got last week's box office. Let's backtrack a little bit, though, because the last podcast, if I'm not mistaken, that we did, um, we actually had our New York editor, Scott Kalura, joined us. There were four of us. And it was the weekend that Tron Legacy was opening up. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think. We need to talk about kind of, I guess you can call it the disappointment, at least in my opinion. I'm not trying to Considering slam Considering how much uh, the movie cost and, and just the, the sheer hype of over two years, maybe maybe it was hyped for too long. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you and I both enjoyed the movie for exactly. what it was. I did not go in there expecting fantastic storytelling or, and it's not a matter of lowering the bar. I mean, people use that argument all the time. Uh, to justify, you know, criticizing people who liked movies that they don't like, and yet if they turn around and uh, say they liked, yeah, I'm just critics on our scene, they like movies like GI Joe or Punisher Warzone or whatever, and they justify it using the same uh, the same criteria. Um, I think that you know Tron was uh, really just meant to be an exercise in tone and and sound, really, right. and. Uh, in that level, I think it worked, um, but audiences really haven't embraced the movie. It's it's uh, it opened. I want to say in the, I, I'm a little rusty right now. I, think I actually pulled it up. You have the numbers. Yeah, I've got the numbers. So it opened at forty four million, which right. uh, I, again, considering kind of the three the three year build up, uh, yeah, that's really low. And and let's let's really quickly. I do have our and predictions. it was in three D. And it was in three D with exactly. the jacked up ticket prices. So. so uh, you would have been closest uh, uh, stacks with because you had said forty seven million Tron number one. You know I I am brilliant at times. <laughs> Mostly I miss wildly. Uh, Scott Clora would have been second. He he predicted Tron at fifty. Mi- we all said number one first of all. Yeah. Um, he said Tron at fifty million. I said Tron at fifty two million. Chris oh, this C- is this is the rich part. Please tell us what Chris Carl predicted. Eighty million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He must have worked for Disney at one well, point. Because... I think you know what? That's just the fanboy inside all of us yeah. that wanted it to work. You know? Yeah. I mean, but uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't warm up to sci-fi. I mean, I think and, uh, it's going to be curious to see how the the industry kind of now readjusts itself here because when avatar came out they announced a slew of sci-fi movies oh people love sci-fi so it was a great time to have a sci-fi movie in in, (laughs) in the pipeline but now in light of uh avatar uh, of of tron and it's you know perceived 
disappointment. Uh, it's it's made uh, only about a hundred and thirty odd million so far. Um, you know, which is it costs like what two twenty or something to make. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- they'll have to hope that it really cleans up overseas and on Blu-ray, but I don't think we'll be seeing a sequel again. Yeah, I don't either, and it's a shame because you know there was. I mean, if you've seen the movie, clearly it's 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 built for a sequel. If not, you know, the big buzzword is trilogy, obviously. Yeah, you know, well, so yeah. I, I, it's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. But so so, let's move ahead a weekend. Okay, so now we're at uh, Christmas, Christmas weekend. weekend. Yep. And not only <laughs> does the movie not come in at number one, I think that was maybe Disney was hoping. Okay, well, second year, uh, second second week, yeah. because. You were already on vacation uh, that week in back east. I, yeah. I stayed behind that, that last week and kind of closed up shop. And I was working with Disney on a series of daily Tron Legacy giveaways run through um, you know, the My IGN community. Right. And they were really, they, you know, can we call it the <coughs> Tron Days of Christmas? Because they were trying to build yeah. up <laughs> this momentum into the Christmas weekend. What happens? It comes in at number two. Okay, fine, number two. But number one is... Little Fockers. Little Fockers. And it's been number one for two weekends that in a row now. That is insane to Yes, you, you, you lost out to the third movie in an increasingly bad uh, comedy series. And, you know, it's a it's a sequel. Uh, the the last one came out, what, like five years ago yeah, or something? It's been yeah. a while. Um, you know, I, I think I think they, they shot themselves in the foot in, in a couple ways. I think they either should have opened it closer to New Year's or opened it earlier in December. But that mm-hmm. weekend, everyone was traveling to go back east, yeah. you know, or, or out west, I guess. You know, we sure. live in L.A., so sure. it's a, um, You know, everyone was traveling. Uh, there was storms that kept people from going. You know, it was just, it was not a good weekend because people are either out rushing to finish their shopping or they're traveling. Yeah. You know, people don't really have time to go to the movies. What about this? Even, even Little Fockers didn't have great numbers when it opened. Right. You know, it did decent, and it's stayed number one, and it's made, uh, you know, it's made um, about 100 and almost $103 million now, mm. which is good, but, um, you know, it's none of these, it, it sounds like a lot of money to us, but when the industry looks at it and adjust it for inflation and yada, 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 you know, they find a way to call anything a disappointment. Sure. But... It, just you know, True Grit actually has been number two. Tron has been uh, uh, in third place now. But let me ask you this: Why not open that movie in the summer? Not necessarily this summer. Maybe the summer that just passed or whatever. But it, it does definitely feel more like a summer movie to me. Than yeah, I mean, movie. it. It. I think what they were looking at is, hey, Avatar, three yeah. D sci fi film. But that was just a unique experience and I, and I think now that uh, I'll be curious to see how the avatar sequels do yeah because I think people are kind of like over that hump now and and we've been inundated with so many 3D films pro- promising to be this immersive visceral experience of going into another world and you know between Alice and animated films and everything. it's like I think that the people that 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 wave has has kind of ebbed now you know yeah well I had just caught a soundbite um I was listening to NPR the other day, and it was uh, uh, like, you know, an entertainment journalist. I forget who it was, but his predictions for 2011, you know. And, and, yeah. and again, it was just a quick soundbite. But one of the things he was talking about was a backlash against 3D, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I guess it ultimately comes down to the the property. I think if if uh, Tron had better word of mouth, it, it would have done better. A lot of people just didn't like the movie. Um, you know, it has it's gotten a pretty mixed response from the fans, uh, mixed to negative. And um, you know, I think that that's hurt it. But it's it's hung in there in the top five now for a few weeks. Yeah. So I mean, it could be something where in dribs and drabs it'll end up maybe breaking even but it definitely isn't this kind of resounding success that they had been hoping for i mean again two years two yeah. comic cons and the well, mass three of, if you consider oh, just that, the that teaser first one. yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the proof of concept they were calling it basically. yeah i mean and that was you know just the sheer amount of money spent yeah over those years just at comic con where it had these this massive presence throughout san diego even uh, uh, even WonderCon, remember uh, yeah. last WonderCon they did a they yeah, were doing like this yeah, massive yeah. alternate reality game and yeah. they did this big convention or uh, uh, what's it called a, like a <clears throat> gathering a protest or something you yeah, know, for yeah, NCOM, yeah, the, you know? yep <laughs> um, anyways I came back from the holiday and I was like man I wonder if anybody at Disney lost their job over this movie oh I'm I'm sure there'll be a, a reorg yeah. over there in the in the coming weeks I mean I mean True Grit uh, a western you know that dead genre has made uh, close to $90 million now. Yeah. Okay? And this is the Coen Brothers' highest-grossing movie. Also stars Jeff Bridges, who's in Tron. Um, you know, so he's kind of having a good good week, bad week there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think it, it makes me wonder, okay, well, will they will Western suddenly get kind of a, yeah. a second lease? Yeah. That'll be good for six to eight months until the next one tanks. You know, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and then you know the rest of the the top ten is you know a lot of movies that are kind of hanging in there like uh, Yogi Bear, Narnia, which it just it's crawling towards a hundred million, but it's still got a ways to go. It's only about eighty seven million, at least from as of last. Uh, I think it's last weekend's numbers I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not great. Uh, Yogi Bear, it's not really doing that great either. It's only in the the uh, high sixties, and that cost I want to say like eighty million, mm. and then plus all the marketing for that, and then you know the rest of the. And the but I think that the big disaster, and I, I can't say this is a surprise to anybody, is Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, I mean they yeah. opened that on Christmas Day, so you're kind of losing a day right there because yeah. that was a Saturday. And then it's only it's only made in the the twenties so far. And I barely, I, I mean, actually, I don't think I've seen any kind of marketing for it other than the occasional billboard. Or, I haven't yeah. seen it. I never saw any commercials for it. Yeah. I didn't see a trailer for it. You know, um, I did see a trailer for it, but it was a. Uh, I think they realized that they they kind of had a dog, and they just wanted to write it off. And it, you know, it could be one of those movies that does pretty good on video. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a fan. But again, that's another three D movie. Yeah, you know, it's like I thought the whole high 3D ticket price was supposed to be, you know, like, hey, you're writing your own check now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's clearly not panning out. Interesting. Well, this weekend, I mean, we'll talk about this uh, toward the end of the podcast, but this <coughs> weekend is going to shape up to be another kind of interesting yeah. one. Uh, well, then also uh, next week is Green Hornet, which is in 3D. So right. I'm curious to see how that's going to uh, how that'll perform in 3D. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, you know now that we're kind of caught up. Uh, up to speed in the movie releases uh, let's hasn't been a hasn't been like huge huge news this week but if you take the news from this week plus some of the the news from last week that we didn't get to report on yeah you know some some yeah, some stuff. stuff is uh some stuff has trickled in um 
We have, uh, let's start with uh, the most recent big news, which is The Hobbit. Uh, Elijah Wood's going to be back as Frodo. And uh, the, spoiler alert, (laughs) he'll probably just show up in like the opening sequence where he's reading uh, the book that Bilbo was kind of writing about Uh his about his there his, back his again, adventures right? yeah. yeah and so it's basically frodo takes us into that world by reading the story that's that's the rumor um and that warner brothers is fully financing uh the two movies to the tune of about a little over five you know 500 million um Wow, Amazing. So, so MGM is not involved in any of the finances. Uh, 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 they are no Warner's has full like uh, distribution, worldwide distribution, and their foot in the bill. Wow. So that's you know, and then uh, you know, that's <laughs> all that Batman, Harry Potter, and Inception money that yeah. is paying for that because Warner's had just you know announced that they've made like you know a gajillion dollars right, in two thousand ten. Right, right. Um, you know, and then Disney had like two billion dollar movies alone. You know, so uh, isn't MGM though retaining some sort of right, like TV rights or something like that? I yeah, thought? I think they're. I, I'm forgetting the the actual uh, that facet of it. Uh, to me, MGM is such a, an afterthought now. Yeah, it's. I don't really. I was focusing more on the Warner Brothers stuff because it's. They're they're essentially dipping into their own pocket to yeah. pay for this stuff. It's just funny though because for the longest time MGM was the holdup of getting this movie yeah. made, right? I mean, yeah, I think it ultimately turned into a if you want us to pay for it since you don't have any money, you're gonna have to give up rights. Yeah, yeah. and MGM like they've cut their staff, everything. So you know that's uh, ouch. Over so there. I wonder if this is going to be well, it must be Frodo. Obviously, clearly after The Hobbit, because he's reading the story, but pre-Lord um, <clears throat> of the Rings, I take it. Uh, no, because apparently, the at the, isn't it at the end of Lord of the Rings? Or No, no, not at the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're right. Because he uh, leaves it with Sam. He leaves the book with Sam to yeah. finish, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So there's a possibility, then, that Sam could be back for it, too. Hmm. I mean, you already have Galadriel... Uh, Cape Lanchette and then Orlando Bloom as Legolas back, and then there's still they they still haven't finalized McKellen or Andy Serkis or even Hugo Weaving because right? Elrond could yeah. conceivably show up, right? I think he does actually show up yeah. in the books, if I'm not mistaken. And then and they're supposed to start filming uh, in a few weeks, like in early February, huh? Down wow. in New Zealand, so it's it's finally happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now watch the the the. The bottom will fall out again somehow. Oh, <laughs> Something will happen. Like you I know, hope not. I I just I you know Peter I, Jackson will get arrested for killing somebody, and it'll be the end of it. Yeah, it's just it's one of those movies that we've been we personally us too yeah. uh, here at IGN have been talking about for so long and reporting on for so long that I yeah. really just want it to happen now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's know. getting up there. It's even worse than Tron in terms of the yeah. sheer. You know, like just dragging it out of just yeah. get it over with. I'm like kind of, I'm kind of over it now, to be honest with you. But hopefully that that kind of fanboy cycle will come back again. And you'll start getting excited the more you see of you know once they release images. And yeah, stuff. Avengers is another one like that for me now. Now the saving grace there is that we know it's happening, like because we're seeing all these movies <coughs> that are clearly yeah. building up to it. But that's yeah. another one that I just want it to happen. Yeah, already, exactly. Cause... And they're going to start filming that in a few months too. They're going to film that. Uh, I believe it's um, uh, late spring, mm. and uh, they're going to film in New Mexico um, on the Avengers. Yeah, uh, we got to try and yeah. uh, Hawkeye apparently is going to make a cameo in Thor. 
Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. And then the other news is that uh, they're looking for another female uh, character for the Avengers. Um, the the way the original story was uh, written that everybody was you know kind of quoting from it it doesn't say necessarily that they're looking for a female Avenger, but they're 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 saying that they're looking for another female character. I mean, could it, is there any possible way it could be like a a, a non uh, Avenger female lead, like a love interest for somebody? Sure. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, it could be. Uh, or Betty villain. Ross could be Betty Ross. If, yeah. if Hulk is going to be in it, if if Bruce, ba- Bruce Banner is going to be in it, true. And true. in the Ultimate Universe, um, in the Ultimates, that's the kind of the <coughs> Avengers in the Ultimate Universe. She worked, I think, for Shield. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that was well. Part so of did the, uh, uh, um, Sharon Carter. Yep. Oh, it could be Sharon Carter. Exactly. You know? That's another potential because it definitely she's tied to Captain America too. And yeah, yeah. and and her. Uh, uh, family member is Peggy from the Captain America movie. Mm, okay. So, you know, it could be kind of an interesting sort of um, uh, sort of bridge device that they could use there. Um, but if it is an actual female Avenger, I guess Wasp would be the most obvious right, addition. Right. But it begs the question, If you know, why not announce it at Comic-Con when you brought out, you know, Mark Ruffalo and Jeremy Renner and all these other, you know, that's why I'm beginning to think maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not a female event. I think you're probably right, to be honest with you. I'm leaning um, with your um, kind of th- your theory on this. But to play devil's advocate and to answer your question, why not announce it at at, Wonder- at uh, Comic-Con when you brought everybody out? Because they probably weren't even finished with the script yet. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, probably st- I, I even think they are finished with the script yeah. yet. I had met uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, a few weeks ago, about a month or so ago now, uh, for this DVD event. And he had said to me that he still hadn't gotten a script. And he's like, yeah, I'm kind of curious. They kind of need to get on this so I can start prepping. How do these actors commit to these big projects without even reading a script? Especially an actor like a Ruffalo who... Who kind of prides themselves, and Ed Norton to a certain extent, who prides themselves on the decisions that they make, and they'll make yeah. these real small indie films for no money, but because it's a great story and a great character. I, I think it's just their agent told them what the quote was, and they're they're looking forward to where they can vacation in yeah. Christmas 2011. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, look, everyone deserves a houseboat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> you know, so so in the Avengers front, I mean, that is definitely clipping along. Some of the other comic book movie news this week just to uh, kind of rattle it off here um uh spider-man set photos have have uh leaked out online and they show peter parker sporting a very uh twilight kind of hairdo yeah, yeah, yeah. um and we actually saw uh andrew garfield last night at the social did. network dvd event we did and uh yeah he's definitely he, rocking the edward cohen he definitely has he personally and and the photos that we've seen of Peter Parker uh, from the set, uh, a ultimate Spider-Man vibe to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I think that's definitely the route they're going for because uh, in that book, at least when the book kicked off, Spider-Man was still in high school right. dealing with those travails. And he was a very cool, hip high school. I mean, not cool. Wait, let me backtrack. I guess cool by my standards. But I'm, I'm 40 years old, so you know, uh, but nerdy by today's standards. But you know, he looked like you said emo, and he was like you know worked for the the 
the paper online and, you know, had a blog and this and that. And, and, um, so he fits that part perfectly. See, I, I'm thinking then there's probably no J. Jonah Jameson. They haven't announced anybody playing him. There were some yeah. rumors, but you know they've they've been filming now for a few weeks, and we've heard about uh, you know all these other actors, you know minor yeah. villains, and you know uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May, but no J. Jonah, which I guess. You know, maybe maybe a sequel, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it ends with him getting his first job at the bugle, and we yeah. kind of know, like, oh, okay, you know, now you are a man, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, uh, uh, you know, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to end with him getting the gig at the bugle as a freelancer, contributing photos, yeah. and the camera's going to pan up. You're going to hear the voice and maybe see the cigar smoke. The camera's going to be a uh, pan up, and it's going to be. Bruce Campbell as uh, <laughs> as J. Jonah Jameson. Watch. <laughs> um, some of the other uh, news this week. G.I. Joe 2 is uh, reportedly in need of a new director. Uh, Stephen Summers will not be back to direct it. We're actually running a piece today on on movies about uh, offering up some suggestions about who could who could conceivably uh, fit this movie into their schedule. We weren't just going to pick, you know, fanboy face. We're, we actually did some research and, right. and find out like who who's got a, a window in their their schedule right now. So we have some interesting picks, uh, including uh, I'll just throw one out there because I want these guys to read it. Justin Lin, who did mm. the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I could kind of I could kind of I could kind of see that. Yeah, me too. You know, um, and then uh, what's some of the other news we have? Uh, Clash of the Titans two. Yes, Wrath of Wrath the Titans. of the Titans. Right. Titans will wrath. <laughs> um, there's uh, some casting heating up on that now. That's going to start filming uh, in in you know uh, a few months. It's a uh, Haley Atwell who's from Captain America plays Peggy uh, Peggy Carter. Uh, she's on the short list of actresses that are screen testing for Andromeda. Now here's the catch, and they're recasting Andromeda. Uh, Alexis Davalos played her in in the first film. Mm-hmm. There's no word as to why they're recasting it. Uh, she's not on like a TV show or anything that would cause a schedule thing. So it makes you wonder either she wanted more money, but uh, I don't see how somebody who's going to be in Captain America could possibly get paid less than, yeah. than her. Or the director just didn't uh, approve of her really for that role. But I don't even see why you have her. I mean, you could totally write that character out. At, uh, there's, there's The sequel's new. It's brand new. It's never been done yeah. before. You know? Yeah, so. because, I mean, he ends up with, uh, with Io, right, yeah, at the end. Exactly. Uh, and so it's Sam Worthington, Gemma Arterton are going to be back. Liam Neeson, Ray Fiennes. Some of the other people mentioned uh, Edgar uh, Edgar Ramirez from... Uh, I almost said Edgar Wright. Edgar <laughs> Ramirez from Carlos, and he was... Uh, the uh, the the badass dude in in Born Ultimatum, mm-hmm. uh, and he was in Vantage Point. He's going to play Ares, the God of War, and then uh, Bill Nye is uh, up for the role of Hephaestus, mm-hmm. and then some of the other people they're looking at include Tony Kebble, who is a uh, uh, who is in Prince of Persia right. and Sorcerer's Apprentice, and it sounds like he's on board. Um, I could rattle off a few other little news items if you want. Sure. Do you, what, do you have any thoughts on Clash of the Titans 2 before you move ahead? No, I mean, you know, I was a fan of the original movie. and, and I, You I, mean the, the 80s the one? The 80s one. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, I, I thought that the remake was okay. I wasn't super wowed by it, but I wasn't a hater. I definitely hated the 3D, though, that's for sure. You see, yeah, I, I only saw it in 2D, and I'm like, oh, the effects look okay in 2D. But everyone who saw it in 3D just, it's become like the, I think that has done more damage. Yeah. 
for the 3D argument than anything else. That is the that that is like the that sort of watershed moment where everyone said, "See." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be open minded to the sequel. I mean, uh, the fact that it's an original story and something brand new. I love Greek mythology, so yeah, yeah, know, should be cool. Um, uh, let's see uh, what else we have here. We have um, Monsters Inc. is uh, apparently going to be a prequel, oh. where where uh, Bob and Sully uh, meet at the University of Fear. <laughs> Bob how... or Mike? Mike Kaczynski, right? Oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I read the wrong line. <laughs> Mike and Sully yeah. uh, uh, meet at the University of Fear. And then, <laughs> oh, on the uh, on the 3D uh, tip, uh, Sucker Punch will not be in 3D. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, good. Th- that has good. been confirmed. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. it will be an IMAX, though. So well, I'd rather have cool. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, some of the other news. Uh, David O. Russell is... is Saying that the, the his comments about Uncharted being a family film were sort of misconstrued or blown out of proportion, and if you go back and you read his actual quote, I think I saw how this happened. Now, what he said was that you know, and I'm not quoting him directly here, but he said something about the um, he, he was taken with the idea of this family that goes around the world on these adventures and seeking out treasure and dealing with. You know, foreign uh, 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 officials and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it sounded to everybody the way he phrased it, like it's a family people going off doing this, like a lot national treasure. Mm-hmm. If you go back and read it, because he a few lines before that he had mentioned uh, uh, Sir Francis Drake, who Nathan Drake is a descendant of. Maybe he's talking about the the overall idea of the Drakes right, through right. the generations exactly. doing this. Because he was like, I never said anything like this. Apparently, the the, the guy who's the uh, game director in Uncharted Three said that he talked to uh, Russell about all that, and he's like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's that's not what I'm doing. So uh, that seems to appease the fanboys a little bit, but they're still hung up in the whole Mark Wahlberg thing. Let me tell you, I want everybody, please, just to chillax over this whole thing right now. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it's you know, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. So let's just relax and let's not scrutinize every single word that comes out of this poor guy's mouth. Because to be honest with you, I think I feel for the guy. I feel like he's being attacked left and right. And I think, you know, so he's he's misspeaking and he's maybe not he's not putting things out the way he wants to put them out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They keep fanboys will do that. They will they will scrutinize every word they will pounce on everything i mean but and even guys here at ign on our game side are so hell-bent against mark Wahlberg playing this role and if i have another person mention nathan fillion i probably will punch them in the face <laughs> because i like nathan fillion but he's not a movie star yeah and they're not gonna make a movie star on, on a video game franchise right now right they're gonna cast Somebody who might be able to put asses in seats. Right. And Wahlberg, you know, yeah, he's had a kind of a spotty track record, but he works well with this director who's notorious for clashing with people and and who's really stepping out of his comfort zone with a film like this. So he's going to want somebody he can rely on, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody that he, he knows and he doesn't have to worry about that when he's off doing a big action-adventure movie for the first time. He doesn't want to be sitting there dealing with some, you know, ego-driven action star. Right, right. And hell, their partnership on the fighter... Uh, yeah, it's a great you know, movie. You know? For, you know, 
it produced something very, very good. Yeah, I mean, they and they did um, I Heart Huckabees and Three Kings. I mean, I love Three Kings. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I think, yeah, I mean, Wahlberg might not be ideal for Nathan Drake by a lot of people's standards. I think somebody like Bradley Cooper could be interesting. Mm -hmm. But... um, Accepted fanboys. I mean, yeah. Wahlberg is probably going to be the guy. So yeah. just move on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, speaking of moving on, uh, just a couple of quick news items about uh, casting and director assignments. McGee is going to direct the Ouija uh, movie. Uh-huh. Um, Paul Greengrass might direct a 3D Cleopatra uh, biopic with Angelina, Angelina Jolie. The one that Cameron was... Yeah, yeah. that was kind of dancing around until he just, you know, decided to do the Avatar sequels. So it begs the question, did they have shaky cam in ancient Egypt? <laughs> I, am, I am interested in that. And then um, Gareth Edwards, who directed Monsters... I like this little tidbit here. ...is yeah. going to direct Godzilla. That is interesting That's the only interesting news I've heard about a God, another Godzilla movie until now. I loved Monsters. I thought mm-hmm. he did a great job on it. And uh, he comes from a special effects background. And the great thing about Monsters is that he, all the effects look great, photorealistic. He did it on a budget. He, uh, and he, he told a good, you know, human story that happened to have these creatures in it. So if there's anybody that could kind of atone for the Roland Emmerich debacle, it's, it's yeah. probably this dude. Yeah. Um, and one other news item, the 24 movie script was, uh, was shelved by Fox. So we'll have to wait and see if Jack Bauer will ever end up getting on the big screen. Personally, I think Jack Bauer's day is done. I, I think that ship has sailed as well. Yeah. I mean, um, I was, and it's funny because I was just thinking about this before the news even broke. I was like, oh, wow, you know, we haven't heard any news on the, yeah. the 24 movie. And it's like, if that was going to happen, I think it would have happened. Oh, like, yeah. it would have happened quick to kind of... Yeah, uh, try and capitalize on the success of the show and this and that. But now it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and and uh, there's there's not a real palpable um, hunger for that. You yeah. know, um, I think there are more people eager about a, a new Jack Ryan or James Bond film than there would be Jack Bauer. I think, um, and you know, the fans can chime in and, and correct me if they if they disagree. But I, I do think it's interesting that you know Jack Bauer's sort of uh, grip on public imagination like we all still you know everyone liked the character and liked the show but i think it ended with the end of the the first decade of the 2000s you know yeah and i think it was of that time and he was a a perfect sort of vehicle for american the american imagination to to funnel into for during the war on terror Mm -hmm. and sort of that audience you know, uh, surrogate really for them, you know, and I think now that we're kind of moving into a, a you know, a, a different era, we're, you know, a few years away from all that, that it's, uh, you know, it's kind of fitting that maybe Jack Bauer is moved on. Right. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that, you know, they don't, they don't pull it off the shelf or at least pull the character off the shelf. Uh, several years later. I mean, Fox has a history of doing that. Look at the X-Files, for example. Yeah. You know, know, that the the second X-Files movie, which, you know, uh, unfortunately was not a success at the box office, but that took, what, almost 10 years? That was a long time, yeah. You know? Because the first one came out in, what, like, 99? It was while the show was still running. Wow. That's that's for sure, because it was between seasons, I remember. So, um, so, you know, it's... 
has been a while, and they, and they took that risk. You know, I wonder if they franchise. would ever come back and just do like TV movies. Well, you know, the, that, that's one of those things. You know how I always talk about. Well, perfect example: you trying to will uh, the, uh, <laughs> Hugo, Hugo Strange. Strange into existence. It in the new, happen in the Dark Knight Rising. Uh, I, I think you know David Duchovny. You know, has been talking a lot about <laughs> that, and I think he's just trying to will that back into existence. That's, I don't it's know. like Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters Three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there is. Let me just say, there is precedent. I mean, you know, we well, we're running out of time because if I'm not mistaken, the season or the series finale of X Files basically declared that the full-on alien invasion was happening in 2012. Yeah. So. You know, and it was kind of like Mulder and, and Scully, like, okay, what are we going to do? We got to get ready for this show ends, you know, so. You know, I mean, maybe all those birds are falling from the sky because there's a giant spaceship out there, mothership. cloaked, yeah. and they keep flying into it. <laughs> you never uh, know. That would explain a lot. Um, Wasn't that signs? Did they do that? Happening? Did they do that? In yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember now. <laughs> wow. Uh, Hollywood, what haven't you foretold? A um, couple of quick news items. Um, Dark Tower, the massive film TV adaptation. There's been some casting rumors uh, coming out of the New York Post. Um, the first one was that uh, the uh, director, Ron Howard, and Universal are eyeing either Javier Bardem or Viggo Mortensen to play uh, Roland. Wow. And Viggo. The- I vote Viggo. Javier Bardem is not going to give up years of his life doing a film and TV. Yeah. He's in the hottest streak of his career. Yeah. Vigo, on the other hand, and this isn't an octum, but he's gettable. And sure. you can see, and he's already proven that he's, he's willing to take out a few years of his career to go mm-hmm. and work on one particular project. Um, so I think Vigo is a lot more likely to happen. And he's also a fan fave. Yeah, yeah. And now the latest news is that Naomi Harris might play uh, Odetta Holmes. That's interesting cast. I mean, that's great casting, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you if people don't know who she is, she's a British actress. She um, was uh, like the witch in uh, was she a witch or a goddess? She was she was the well, in, she was the chick in Pirates two and three. Oh yeah, she was uh, uh, Nia Volva. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Yora Volva or whatever. No, 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 no. It'll it'll come to me throughout <laughs> the podcast. I don't know it. And then she was also in Miami Vice, and yeah. she was in um, Ninja Assassin. That's right, Ninja Assassin. <laughs> so, That's and right. After the Sunset. So she's she's got quite the resume there. Right. right. Uh, really nice lady, actually. I met her. I interviewed her for Miami Vice, and she's she's got you know a proper British accent, but she did a great Bronx accent in Miami Vice, and you know she did. Uh, I believe she was supposed to be Jamaican and. The pirate sequel. She was Creole, yeah, and and yeah. she was the the goddess of the sea. I can't believe that her name is like escaping oh, oh, me right Calypso. now. Calypso. That's what yeah. that was it. Yeah, because she's supposed to have had another name, and then it was revealed that she was actually Calypso. Right. She right. was supposed to be uh, Bill Nye's like uh, right. ex flame that he exactly. was planning after. Exactly. Um, and so that character in the Dark Tower series. Um, it's like a split personality. She's right? a split personality, and she's also in a wheelchair. I don't think she has legs. Yeah, like I, I was reading up on it because I haven't. You've read some of the books. I yeah. haven't. Um, I understand that she was pushed in front of a train Correct. by a bad guy and lost her legs yeah. as a result of that. But like her split personality is is one's like the 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 good girl, right? And then the other ones like the bad girls, violent and sexual and yeah, all that. Exactly. And then she gets pulled into mid world, right? By Roland. Right, and that kind of heals her basically of of the split personality. Yeah. Um, 
Is she, uh, is she supposed to? She's supposed to be in the 1960s, right? Or yes, something? correct. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so he pulls her out of that time into yeah, because his role. he eventually pulls three different uh, characters uh, into mid, into his world. You know, one is a little kid, and then uh, uh, one is a man, and then one one is is Odetta, and uh, and they're all from different time periods from our world. Yeah, and he pulls them into his period. In, in oh, nice. Yeah, so. Oh, I want to read these now. Um, and then uh, Three Stooges is, yeah. is casting. Um, you know, for the longest time, they wanted, uh, you know, Benicio Del Toro as as Mo, uh, Sean Penn as Larry, and Jim Carrey had put on all this weight to play Curly. Well, the project stalled, fell apart. Now they've lost all three of those actors. And they're actually looking at actors who are younger and not... World class thespians, <laughs> um, and are probably a lot more appropriate for this movie. Uh, Johnny Knoxville yeah. for Mo, and there's some famous pictures out there of when the Jackass guys kind of did an homage to to uh, the Three Stooges, and it's Johnny Knoxville as Mo mm-hmm. in the pictures, um, and Andy Samberg from Saturday Night Live as uh, as Larry, and then uh, an Australian comic who I'm not familiar with, but maybe our Australian. Uh, listeners and readers can can chime in if they think he's appropriate. Shane Jacobson, who's kind of, from what I when I've seen of him in the photos, he kind of looks like the Outback's answer to Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> you know? um, so these guys are the front runners to play uh, the Three Stooges, and uh, Fox uh, reportedly wants to start filming mid March, and uh, the Farrelly Brothers are making it right. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's the week in news. I kind of like that though. I like the younger. I mean, I could see Knoxville and Sandberg. I really can. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it, Sandberg really. I mean, I'm like, oh, of course he should play. Loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also it appeals to to younger people who maybe didn't watch uh, Three Stooges reruns right. on TV or don't really know or care. Um, you know, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. It all depends on on just how kind of. Uh, what the I guess how they're going to do it. I get the rumors that they're going to break it into like three chapters, like the way that the 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 shorts were done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious about it. Interesting. Should we talk about uh, the man who could have been Batman? Do we <laughs> yeah, have time? yeah. You you had mentioned uh, last night that we were at um, an event for the Social Network Blu-ray and DVD, and that's where we saw Andrew Garf- uh, Garfield. Uh, we saw uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Justin Timberlake. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk to him. I did were... stand next to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, too, uh, for a little I bit. Think, uh, I think I brought sexy back to him because <laughs> he brushed up against me at one point by accident. It definitely was a really cool event. I mean, everybody came. Uh, yeah, Ed Fincher came. He flew all the way from Sweden. Man wants That's his Oscar. Crazy. We, should, we should give people uh, a little context that this this event, even though ostensibly for DVD and Blu-ray, there, there was a lot of Academy members there right. and a lot of... Uh, uh, old and new media press, and basically it was the "Please remember us at Oscar time." Right, party. exactly. Yeah, which, which I don't think anybody's going to have any be a difficulty. Yeah. You know? That movie's getting nominated left and right for all sorts of awards. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, one person that that you uh, had an opportunity to speak to extensively was yeah. uh, Army Hammer, who who played. Uh, the, the twins, the right? Winklevi, the the Winklevi. That's right. <laughs> uh, in, in the film, um, he played both of them, obviously, because they're identical yeah. twins. Um, but if if you guys aren't familiar with this little tidbit, he was actually cast uh, 
mm-hmm. as Batman in um, the Justice League. The Justice movie. League movie the live that was going to be directed by George uh, Miller. George Miller of, yeah. of Road Warrior. Uh, he was officially cast, signed, everything. They were down there uh, in Australia. They had done all the costume tests, everything. They were in training. They were rehearsing, and then everything got the the plug got pulled. And so I had a chance to, he, he actually <laughs> sat me down at his table and, and was eating his dinner while I was talking <laughs> to him. He was a really cool guy. Um, he's the grandson of Arm & Hammer, the, the baking soda, uh, you know, tycoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, or the great grandson, one of the one of the two. But I should say this: if you have, so seen... he really is like Bruce Wayne. He's loaded, tall, handsome, uh, billionaire. Well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. If you haven't seen the Social Network, um, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, first and foremost, because it really is a good film. It's it's yeah. a, um, it's compelling. It's a great drama, and and you know, it's just interesting to see the whole story behind Facebook. I mean, we're all on it. But when I saw it, and I saw it just recently, I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity to catch it in theaters. So I saw it just recently um, on Blu-ray when they sent the advanced copy. And knowing that 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 you know he was cast yeah. as Batman for Justice League, man, you watch him and you're like, I can totally see that. He would make he's yeah. not Christian Bale. He is a different, you know, this the Justice League movie wasn't going to exist in Nolan's right. Batman universe. Yeah. So you've got to separate those two things. So if you're going for a more cartoony uh, Batman, I guess, if you will. More which, ad- adventure-driven sort right, of Batman. Right, exactly. Huh? More, which you've got to do if you're going to do a Justice League movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, it's just the voice and the carriage and the body type. And he's the, six you know, foot five. Yeah, you know, huge. I mean, and he's got this, like, you know, lantern jaw. So it's like the dude really was a, a great pick. Because at the time, people were like, who the hell is this guy? Right. Army Hammer, what they couldn't find, Navy Wrench, you know? <laughs> um, and, and then uh, he he actually is, uh, and he's only 24, so there's still Jeez. plenty of time for him to, to play Batman if they ever wanted to yeah. uh, go that route. Uh, and he's going to be in the J. Edgar Hoover movie that Clint Eastwood's doing with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's going to play uh, Leo's, you know, Hoover's um, alleged... Lover, but definitely his right hand man. This guy Clyde Tolson. Okay, um, but uh, yeah. So what do you tell you? Right. What did you? So talk about? I yeah. sat down with him, and I, I really just wanted to talk to him about Batman, about right. JLA. <laughs> and he he was so enthusiastic about that. Like you could tell that this was this was the girl that got away for him. Mm. Basically, um, he said that the costume was unlike any costume that had been designed for any of the Batman films. Any of them. Uh, he said it wasn't this sculpted rubber type thing it was made from leather and titanium and uh chain mail and like all this stuff like he said it weighed up to a hundred pounds oh my god and he said because he's six foot five by the time he had everything on with that cowl and everything he was seven feet tall oh my gosh you know and he said just the the sheer mass of all that changes everything about how you move like every step you take has such purpose to it that it, it just makes you intimidating um, he said that the mask was unlike any of the other cowls that had been developed. It was very tight to the face, kind of like I would imagine like the way that uh, Neil Adams drew it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that the face was sculpted with this look of kind of terror and, and oh, not terror, uh, this terrifying, angry kind of anguished look to it. And he said that 
there are no images of this out there at all, and uh, I would totally give your left one to <laughs> see one. But um, they, he said that the closest thing that the mask looked like was the scene in Batman Begins when Batman sprays Scarecrow with his own fear toxin, and he sees the demon Batman. Yeah. He said his Batman looked more like that than any of the other versions. Interesting. And um, he said that the 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 like the scalloped uh, gauntlet on Batman's glove uh, that it was made uh, they were titanium and covered in Italian leather Ooh. because the costume designer said Bruce Wayne has more money than God so he is going to have the best of everything so the uh, utility belt was polished Italian leather <laughs> the uh, he had like you know titanium and Kevlar and all this stuff. And um, it, there was apparently going to be one scene where Batman tries to use his gauntlet to, like, grab himself as he falls in the wall and would see the leather getting stripped off the, uh, are they called, what, what are it's they like called? Those like the little fins It was on the fins glove, that pop out of his know? glove, right? And, uh, it, you know, you see the leather getting stripped off to reveal the metal underneath oh, as he tries to, like, dig into the wall to save himself. Um and so just the just the way he just, he said there was no yellow on there, so there was no yellow circle around the bat. There was, um, you know, everything just sounded awesome. Yeah. He said all the, the gizmos were great, everything. And it just, I really think that if Warner Brothers, maybe they'll wait till after the Nolan films are done, but they would, they could really do themselves a, a few favors here if they released those those pictures or some mm-hmm. of the the costume test videos. I mean, look at all the stuff that's begun to leak out about the Tim Burton Superman Returns. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah. costume tests that have been done. I mean, I'm sure the stuff will get out someday, but I just I don't want to wait ten years. It sounds yeah. really awesome. I want to see it now. Yeah, what ultimately was the demise of that Justice League movie? <clears throat> was it the writers' strike? It, it was. It was a number of things. It was budget. I think there was just internal problems with with. Uh, Warner's trying to figure out, does this thing even work? Are we, you know, Nolan was not happy about it. He didn't want pollution, basically his Batman universe to be polluted by this separate Batman that exists. Um, there was the, obviously the writer's strike, budget problems, and script problems. It was like there's just that perfect storm of shit mm-hmm. going wrong. And, um, you know, George Miller has talked about, you know, maybe going back to it at some point. But I think it's up there with that Batman versus Superman movie, you know. Yeah. You know, or the or the um the uh Batman year one that Aronofsky would have done. Yeah. Or that Bruce Wayne T V pilot. There are so many of these incarnations of the Batmans that could have been. Sure. Hey, there's I, a feature. I just that is a, <laughs> that actually is a great feature idea. Um I just wonder if after uh, so Avengers is 2012, right? Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rising? 2012. So I wonder after Nolan's trilogy is done and after what we assume will be the success of the Avengers, but I guess you know anything is possible, yeah, we'll right? See. But if it did succeed and, uh, and Nolan's done with his Batman's tales, I wonder if, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, Warner has, has said that... Um even with Green Lantern and if Flash moves forward, um, and I'll be curious to see if it does move forward, if Green Lantern doesn't perform, um, 
you know that th these movies aren't supposed to be a, a shared universe that right. you know Batman and Superman aren't supposed to exist in the same universe but who knows i mean they they've said so much crap over the years of just i think they're still figuring out as they go yeah i i you know again if avengers makes dark knight level money because of the anticipation of seeing this mm -hmm. yeah you bet your ass jla will find some <laughs> new fun life that or a little do i don't know teen titans or something finally but, yeah, yeah yeah uh but i i just we've we've banged this drum a lot over the over the years of you know writing and, and podcasting about this but the fact that warner brothers has really only now just gotten something other than Batman made. I mean, they made Superman a few years ago, but fans didn't really embrace it. So right. now they're rebooting it. They made Green Lantern, but now a lot of people are saying, I don't know, it doesn't look that great, and right. all that sort of thing. I, what the hell? I yeah. mean, you've got all these properties that you could use. I mean, Wonder Woman's ending up back on TV. I mean, are they sort of, with the exception of Batman and, and the Superman reboot, or, you know, are they trying to seed? Just the feature film stuff to Marvel? I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it, but, you know. Yeah, me too. I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think. Well, you know, I'm sorry not to interrupt, but the, the thing we're forgetting is Warner's also put out a superhero team-up movie, Watchmen. Right. That was based on a celebrated property, and it didn't do well for them. True, but that was also kind of the anti-comic book movie. I mean, yeah. it was a comic book movie, but not, you know. So, R-rated, blue schlong. I yeah, mean, exactly. So, I mean, not if you... Middle America friendly. If you do something with... Because what they've got going, too, I mean, they have, uh, you know, not to not to kind of slam Marvel, but they've got, in terms of their team-up movie, yeah. much more recognizable characters. I mean, the... the the, the heroes that make up the Justice League individually are probably across the world, across the globe, more recognizable than the heroes that make up uh, the Avengers. You know what I mean? I mean, Thor, that was, that's been the thing that we've been trumping about Thor all these years is like, you know, do people really know this guy as the yeah. comic book Thor, you know, other than what we've heard in, in grammar school about the, you know, the Norse yeah. god. Um you know, same thing, Captain America. I don't know. We know him here. I don't know how he played in, in yeah. Europe and, you know, uh, as a character. But you go anywhere and you show a picture of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, just the three yeah. right there. Even Aquaman, people know. Yeah. You know. I mean, the thing is that thanks to Super Friends in the 70s and 80s yeah. and the Justice League cartoons of the 90s, there are a few generations of people around the world who've grown up with these characters. They have some memory or some fondness for at least one of them or one to three of the five or six of them. Right. You know, there are different generations of, of Green Lanterns. You know, you got right. your John Stewart's, you got your 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 Hal Jordans or Guy Gardner's or mm -hmm. Kyle Rayner's. I mean, you know, there's definitely more of a, a you know, a kind of a broad appeal, I think, to that. But, you know, Marvel is also very shrewd and and they're serving, you know, one master. DC is in, in Warner's is trying to kind of integrate this now with some of the appointments they've made over there. But, you know, DC, DC and Warner's, it was a, a tail on the dog kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Marvel is the creative, are, is the creator. Mm -hmm. And now they are also creating their own movies. DC was the creator of the comics, but they had to filter everything through Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, right. a movie company that, as evidenced by some of the Batman films in the 90s, didn't understand right. what they had. Right. And so they've been spending uh, you know, pretty much a generation now playing catch up 
You know, like the Batman and Robin came out in what, 97? Yeah. And it wasn't until 2005 with Batman Begins, which was a gamble at the time. And that movie ultimately did well, but it didn't open huge. Yeah. It opened good. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, you know, it didn't make Dark Knight level money. It was a movie that ended up doing really well on cable and on video. I mean, it did well domestically, mm-hmm. but it was not like this was huge, huge hit. Yeah. Not like Dark Knight, you know, it was like, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think people, people, people know Superman. They know yeah. Batman. And, yeah. you know, look, I'm not saying one way or another that they should or shouldn't make the movie, but I'm just saying you'd think with, uh, you know, a team of the most recognizable characters in the world, you would figure out some way to make it work. I don't know. You would think they could have figured out a way to make Wonder Woman work yeah. by this point, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, especially with Joss Whedon attached to it. You if, know. You, if you can make a, a, a Norse god swing a hammer yeah. into a movie... You can make a hot chick in a red, blue, and gold yeah. uh, bikini, basically, <laughs> you know, swimsuit. Uh, you can make that work. Yeah. I don't think you need to explain to a lot of men the 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 appeal of getting tied up by a babe with a golden lasso <laughs> and being forced to tell the truth. I, island, I think I think we're sold on that. Right, an then. island of Amazon. Yes, you know. You I mean, know? Yeah. Well, uh, she just needs to have a great ass in that blue, starry <laughs> underwear of hers and fly that invisible jet so you can look up and just, yeah, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, just quickly, since we're getting towards the end of our podcast here, it's uh, it's it's a, kind of a dead weekend at the box office this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we've only got two, two offerings um, totally polar opposite of each other. You've got the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow um, Country Strong. Yeah, uh, opening uh, today, and you've also got the Nicolas Cage, uh, Ron Perlman uh, season of the Witch. Yes, opening. the long delayed season of the Witch. Yeah. I think Country Strong is actually going to do well. Um, yeah. I think it's going to play uh, well throughout, you know, Middle America and the South. And it, apparently, it's a decent movie from what I've heard. Is it getting a big release? Uh, I believe. I, I believe it's you know. It's big enough. Yeah, three thousand. <laughs> um, I, I don't know the actual mm. theater count, but you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's got a lot of heat on her right now from yeah. her appearance on Glee. Yeah, um, and the sort of the the viral success of that, just her version of Fu and all right, that. Right, right. Um, so I think that she is a. I, I think the movie will do well. Will it unseat Fockers? Uh, I hope so. Just so I don't have to say Fockers, you know, number one for three weekends in yeah. a row. But. It's possible that it could be a very strong number two. Uh, True Grit will probably hang in there. Well, Season the Witch, I have a feeling it's going to come in at about four or five. I don't think it's going to do god-awful in terms of what we're expecting. I I think it'll make... You want to just do some predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So why don't you... you, All right, I'm going to say Fockers at... uh, I'm going to say Country Strong, uh, number one. With uh, 19 million, followed by Fockers at number two with uh, 16 million, followed by True Grit with uh, probably about 15 million, and then um, Tron with about 12, and then Season of the Witch with about nine. Nine. All right. So um, we'll have two Garrett Hedlund movies yeah. and two Jeff Bridges movies. Exactly. It is a good time to be those guys. It's interesting. Um, I'm gonna Garrett go... Hedlund's in Country Strong, if people didn't know that. Yeah. 
I'm gonna go with country strong as well. Um, I'll say uh, not to to do a prices right on you, but I'll say 18 million. Um, ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you've got. I think you've got the order. Actually, I think it's gonna be country strong, Fockers, True Grit, and uh, and Tron. I'm gonna say season of the witch might be even a. Lower, like, like six lower. or seven. Yeah, that's, it's that's possible. My it, 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 it's got that stinker vibe of like you know how Jason Statham will just churn out like an action movie from Lionsgate every now and then, and we think, oh yeah, it's going to do great, and it opens at like number seven. It could definitely be something like that, where it's a here and gone kind of thing. Yeah. But um, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch that. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna say Country Strong twenty one. I'm gonna say uh, Fockers at uh, nineteen. I'm going to say True Grit uh, at 15. Okay. Oh, you did 15 too. Uh, and 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 Tron um, at 11. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to come in at. And what about Season of the Witch? You wanna I, I'm not even going to hang. I mean, I think it's going to be deep down. I'm going to say that's like $5 million or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. It very well could be. Yeah. I mean, Relativity Media also recently put out The Warrior's Way, which was an absolute flop. I, I think it opened in like eleventh place. Yeah. And that was on uh thousands of screens. Yeah. So had... it's possible. But Nicolas Cage, I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Well, uh I guess you'll have to tune in next week to see how we do. Uh we should be fully staffed and back up next week, so hopefully some more bigger you know, some bigger news and as we roll into the year we'll be hitting. Uh as always, feel free to, you know, leave us a comment or send us an email. We'll definitely get to some reader emails next week as yeah. well. Um, once we're all back and, uh, you know, if you're in iTunes and that's where you're hearing us, you know, be sure to bump us up in the ratings there. And, and, uh, other than that, we'll talk to you next week.